You're listening to the Boss Yourself First podcast, season one, episode two. If you want to be an effective leader, the first person you want to lead effectively is yourself. Self-leadership helps you create better relationships and a more fulfilling life, and in turn, lead others in a more authentic and impactful way. If this piques your interest, then stick around. I'm Robin White, your host, and this is Boss Yourself First. Hey, welcome back for Season 1, Episode 2 in our series on Emotional Agility. But before we jump into that, I wanted to check in with you and see how you're doing. Have you or someone you know or your own kids started back to school? Mine did. Well, my youngest did. In fact, she's a senior. She's starting her senior year of high school. And actually, she started two weeks ago. They started online for two weeks. And then this week, they're going to a hybrid situation where she goes in person two days a week. Bless all you who are teachers out there. If anyone needs emotional agility, it's you guys. And we need you to have it not only to be amazing teachers, but also to model it and teach it to our children. And bless the parents out there who are sending their kids back, sometimes making that really hard choice between making a living and being at home and trying to keep your kids there and still getting an education. It's just a difficult time and we need the skills to handle it and we can have them. That's the good news. That's why we're doing this work together. So let's dive into our actual work today. If you're just joining us for the first time today, you might want to go check out episode one of our series to get clear on some definitions and the first principle of emotional agility readiness. First, let's get clear on what we mean when we say emotional agility. The definition we're working with is the ability to nimbly process your emotions to adjust or maintain thoughts and actions that align with your intentions and values regardless of circumstance. Why is emotional agility even important? Well, it lets you quickly and thoughtfully respond to rapid change, something we all need so much of these days. The second principle you need to understand for emotional agility readiness is recognizing that not only are emotions not your enemy, they are messengers. And we touched on this a little bit in the last episode, but today we're doing a little bit more of a deep dive. Emotions provide information or data. They give us messages that inform our decisions. They deliver really important information that helps you think through and filter and predict outcomes of your decisions. They also help you recognize your values and they help you realize when certain thoughts and behaviors no longer serve you. Decisions and data from emotions are truly connected. So if you struggle with decision-making, improving your emotional agility will help. So remember principle number two is emotions are messengers. Now, let's talk a little bit about some of the science that's behind this um, conclusion. And I wanted to talk to you about specifically a guy named Antonio Damasio. He's a neurologist, and he wrote a book, well, he's written a number of books, but the one we're talking about today is called Descartes' Error, and he says in Descartes' Error that we are not thinking machines that feel, we're feeling machines that think. 
Let me tell you, this is sort of a Pandora box in psychology circles because there's a lot of disagreement around what happens first, feeling or thinking. But for our work today, we're talking about Damasio and we're interested because he did work on the connection between emotions and decision making. Well, Damasio got curious about an incident that happened way back in 1848 to a guy named Phineas Gage. What a fantastic name. Phineas Gage was a railroad, that's hard to say, a railroad worker who was laying track and it was his job to blow the boulders out of the way so that they could lay the track down. Well, the way they do that, they make a hole in the rock and they pack down some powder in the hole and then they light it and it explodes. Preferably once you're far, far away. Well, while he was working, the rod that he was using to pack the powder down in the rock sparked and it exploded and the rod shot up under his left eye and out the top of his head. Sorry, that's a little gruesome, but the good news is he seemed to recover almost miraculously. He still had all his faculties. He could make this, okay, miraculously. But his family and friends reported that once he healed after the incident, his personality shifted a little bit and he could no longer make sound decisions. Gage's case really inspired Damasio's work around brain trauma. Let's fast forward a little bit to a guy named Elliot. Well, Elliot, like Phineas of old, had a brain injury, but his wasn't from an explosion. His was from surgery. He'd had to have a tumor removed, and after the surgery, he seemed to recover really well. And he went back to work, but he wasn't employed for very long because he couldn't seem to complete any of his tasks. He couldn't keep his job, and eventually his marriage broke down, he divorced, remarried, divorced again, and finally he was referred to Damasio. So Damasio got a chance to work with him. He t gave him all the tests. He gave him an IQ test and tested his math skills, and he came through really well. But then he observed Damasio as he went to work, and he noticed that Damasio spent all of his time trying to prioritize his tasks and organize work before he actually got to the work. He just couldn't get past the organization stage. And he also couldn't make any plans. He couldn't even plan more than two hours in advance. He just couldn't think that way. Damasio categorized Elliot's experience as knowing but not feeling. And then he concluded that when emotion is impaired, so is decision making. We make roughly 35,000 decisions every day. Yes, decision fatigue is a real thing. Well, emotions provide information for each one of those decisions. And grab hold of this. We can use the data that emotions deliver to make informed decisions that support our values, that support our goals, and keep us moving forward. Emotions provide information about how to adjust our behavior to deal with circumstances. Remember, our definition for emotional agility, that nimble processing of emotions to adjust or maintain actions that can align with our intentions and values regardless of the circumstances. We need the information that emotions provide to make informed decisions. Okay, I want to pause right here to give you a special invitation. If you want to go deeper with us in the Emotional Agility series, pick up a copy of this season's book, Emotional Agility by Dr. Susan David. 
Join our Facebook group and get the reading guide. Then take part in live discussions with me about the reading. I look forward to seeing you there. We're back. Now we've covered the second principle. The third principle that we need to understand while working on our emotional agility is that while emotions are great teachers, they are terrible masters. When we get our emotions out of perspective, they can take over. A master, when you think of a master, is someone that you would serve. And emotions will grab that role if you let them. This happens when we spend our time and energy trying to avoid or maintain certain emotions. Think about that one for a minute. Remember we talked about the tyranny of positivity? Actually, you might not. If you haven't listened to episode one, you'll learn about the tyranny of positivity. Emotions show up and you don't understand the message, but instead you spend your energy numbing yourself or distracting yourself or denying they exist or obsessing over them. Dr. Marsha Reynolds in her book, Outsmart Your Brain, says, if you don't pay attention to and deal with your emotions, they will hold you in contempt, undermining your perspective, your decision-making, your relationships, and your happiness. It's serious stuff. Think about brain science here for a minute. Our pursuit or avoidance of a particular emotion, it presets our brains to look for circumstances and people that perpetuate that emotions. Remember, our brains like patterns and they're really good at finding them. So if we tell our brains to go find a particular emotion, it's going to. And it's going to find circumstances that perpetuate it. It's going to seek out people that perpetuate it. And we get caught in a loop that is just no fun. We're talking about a kind of confirmation bias, which means only recognizing information that we already agree with. It's kind of like how Google or Facebook or any kind of algorithm like that notices the things that you're already looking at and feeds you similar things so that you continue to see the same things again and again. So we lose the ability to hold other perspectives. This is similar to what Harvard professor Dr. Susan David refers to as being hooked by our emotions and the thoughts blended with them. In her book, Emotional Agility, David describes a few methods of getting hooked. One method of being hooked is called bottling, or trying to push unwanted emotions to the side and get on with life. Another method is brooding, where you can't let go of an emotion like hurt, feelings of failure, or anxiety. You're exhausting yourself being mastered by the very emotions you are avoiding or embracing. That means our emotions are calling the shots and we are hooked, whipped, captured, or however you want to put it. Emotions are great teachers and terrible masters. Okay, there you have it. You now possess three principles that have you ready to work on your emotional agility. So hang with us this season. We're going to continue to explore other areas of emotional agility. We're going to learn how to acknowledge and allow our emotions. We're going to get curious about the message that they've come to bring and and learn how to read those messages. We're going to use that space that we referred to in episode one to choose the actions that support and align with our values and our purposes and goals. It's going to be a great season. I'm so glad that you're hanging in and joining me and doing this work together. I'd love to hear about your journey. You can DM me on Instagram at Boss Yourself First or our group Facebook page. I would love to meet you and connect with you. To support you in your emotional agility work, we have something for you on our website. It is an emotional agility measurement scale. 
This is just a series of questions for you to self-rate where you are on your emotional agility journey so you can see your progress throughout this season. The other thing you can grab in that section is a little infographic that has our definition of emotional agility, our definition of emotions to make sure we're all talking about the same things, and uh, the first three principles so you can just have a little reminder of what they are right in front of you in an easy format to remember. All right, there are all kinds of levels you can join in this work. You can just listen to the podcast. You can listen to the podcast plus go get the resources off of our website. You can do both of those things and you could join our Facebook group and join our book club. You could also share this podcast with a friend and do the work together. Whichever way you approach it, I'm glad you're here and I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you found something to grab hold of and apply in your life. As always, any link or information mentioned in this episode can be found at bossyourselffirst.com in the podcast section. And if we haven't connected yet, and I would love to, DM me on Instagram at Boss Yourself First or come to the Boss Yourself First Facebook page and let me know how you're doing and what you think. I would really love to meet you. Thanks for being here and being you. Now get out there and lead with courage and kindness and boss yourself first and add your amazingness to the world. We sure need it. Talk to you soon, my friends.